And then it's funny, God always speaks to the one thing that we always worship. Mm. And that was relationship for me. Wow. And when it, when it failed, I had nothing. And when my business failed, I had nothing. All I had was Jesus. She goes to school. She has a great job. She's wholesome, you know, and she was, he's just listing all these great attributes of this God fearing woman. And you know what his mom said? He said, son, that's great. But what would a girl like that want to do with a guy like you? Mm. And after I heard that story, I said, man, I'm that guy. Yeah. Aren't you supposed to be a coach? Don't you coach other people? Well, look at you right now. And I'm telling you, I blew up. Do you know what I said? I said, how can you counsel other people if you can't even counsel yourself? Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is Jaden Gum, and this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. From day to yeah. day, tries and tribulations. It's a little herb out of some more herb out of some. We can make a way. I think they can get them on the, the way on their tablets. We just need to turn it over to Jesus and let it go. So it's called All in God's Plan. Fellas, can you help me say your back's against the wall when you see no hope at all? He's pretty good, huh? I was locked up with him. I know. I heard you talking to mommy. All right. I, I don't. I think. I think the ladies at the Lane Murray unit. Uh, I think the ladies at the Lane Murray unit said that they can, that they can get uh, Herb Addison, that they can listen to it. On Apple so, Music. So yeah, uh, not Apple Music, but. Uh, <laughs> The music. Uh, the I mu have Apple Music and the, I love it. Yeah, the music podcast on the tablet. So, because they were like, "Yeah, we like his style. We want y'all to come in and do a whole service." So we probably will once I get With off. With Social Dallas. Yeah. Maybe. So, um, welcome everyone welcome. to Background Check Podcast, where we believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back. And uh, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past. Realize their future. And also brought to you by the, the Way Back. back. Yes, the. The most amazing, the most amazing reentry um, uh, program here in Dallas. They are incredible. They're personal friends of mine, and they want to be personal friends of yours. Um, and they want to help you get back on your feet after you. Um, hey, you can't I get it right. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I don't know. It's like I was trying to get a, a, a perfect balance. I look over. You're like, oh. <laughs> I think that was, I think that's a good volume. Yeah. So uh, they want to help you get back on your feet. Uh, they have everything from clothes, hygiene, programs you can learn on the computer. Mm -hmm. uh, the they'll only help thing you they with don't jobs. Have. They'll help you with jobs. They'll help you with um, connecting with recovery classes if you need those. I mean, they will, they will point you in every direction that you need to go to help get you back on your feet, except... Housing. They don't do housing. 
Uh, now they'll refer you to places like us who know uh, where housing is available, transitional housing, but also we have connections with some landlords that um, know our program and, and will will rent to people with backgrounds. So anyway, welcome to the show. We got a good show yeah. today, huh? We got a great show. So uh, My have you um, have you have you guys watched the uh, tour of the lights? Did um, you like it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was fun shooting that, and uh, we, we had fun shooting that, and I hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoy it through the whole holiday season. Uh, we did that so you can also, like, maybe um, – let me turn the music off. But we did that so you could also maybe call your your family, okay, and then you watch it on the tablet on Pando, and then their family is watching it either out here on Pando or on YouTube at the same or time. Or going to Prairie Light. At the same time. Or, yeah, or they could – have the call while they're at Prairie Lights and watching them. So we, we tried to make it where you can experience it with your family as well. And so um, so I hope you enjoy it. And uh, we, we got another episode coming up where we're, we're going to show you houses as well. And, um, and yeah, it's fun because that's one of the traditions that, that we have at Christmas. Other traditions are, uh, you know, decorating for Christmas. Uh, this is this. Um, let me see. You can't really see it. There, there you go. Right here. This is my. Stocking, Jessa, from, from when I was a kid, growing up, all throughout, mm. until I got married, that was my stocking. And then when Jessamy, when I got married, Jessamy was like, uh, no, we're going to get you a new stocking. <laughs> it, they're super cute. They're red, green. For a little while, we pines. had, before you kids came, we had Dallas Cowboy and Pittsburgh Cedar stocking. I, I, I remember, remember those. Huh? And uh, speaking of speaking of, of Pittsburgh Cedars, I'm wearing the ugly sweater uh, because they are playing very ugly right now. If you watched uh, the Thursday night game. They are playing very. They've been playing ugly for a few years, in my opinion. But um, you know, so I'm wearing this in honor of the ugly football play that. Wait, the did Steelers they win last night? No, we lost to a two and ten team. So yeah, <laughs> that's bad. All right, so we told them on tour in the lights uh, that mm-hmm. you uh, hurt your leg. So uh, yeah. let's talk about that. How you hurt it uh, a little bit more, and then uh, how you, how's your recovery going? So I started. It was my second volleyball practice, and I really love volleyball. And I was at a club volleyball team, which is very hard and very difficult and very more intense than what I've been trying to do. And I was warming up, and I was doing butt kicks. I went to the net. I came back. I started walking again, and then I just stepped on my ankle. And it, you just rolled it, right? You just I literally just rolled, it. rolled it. And I was out for the rest of the practice, but I was only four minutes in. Mommy sent me a picture of you with when you finally got some ice on it and you were laying there and your face was all red and it looked like you were crying. I was crying. I was crying for like a quarter of it. Were you crying mostly because of the pain, but also because you had you, you don't like to miss practice? No. So. Like I literally came back from school one day. She was like, I'm like, what are we going to do today? She's like, nothing. I'm like, can I go to volleyball practice? And she's like, there's no practice. I'm like. You're like daddy. I love to practice. Yeah. I mean, I got I got up for the games too, the game days, but I loved practicing. Um, all right, what do we got next here, Jessa? We got. Okay, let's uh, see. Hey, I got a social Dallas hat on. Yeah. Uh, don't tell mommy. Don't tell all right, she doesn't like it when I wear her hats because, because I lose them or get them dirty them or whatever. And then snowman. But this is uh, social Dallas. It's a very nice one. Yeah, this is uh, part of the series where uh, they've been God. doing for a, a yeah. couple of months now. God loves blank. 
and he basically uh, it's all it's about God loves Dallas. That's our city, but God loves your city too, wherever you're from. But this is uh, this is the hat. That's why. And um, I saw a billboard once. Yeah. And I went on the website. I'm like, hey, that's sound cool. And then I looked on the website. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Social Dallas. But listen, if you haven't watched any of those series yet, um, obviously some of you who follow uh, Social Dallas, I know you've watched it, but. Man, God loves the addict. God loves the prisoner. God loves the Pharisee. God loves, you know, so many things. Uh, and this past one was uh, Anita. Uh, I think her name was Anita. Uh, God loves his word. And you've got to listen. If you have not listened to that one, the, the latest social dial, she, he has a guest speaker. She blends spiritual spirituality, Christianity, and and theology, and, and psychology, and, and all this stuff. And it's really neat. You You'll be amazed, and you'll understand how your body, what what our body is supposed to be and do, and so it's 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 incredible. So yeah, um, I heard it was really good. Let's see, uh, ornament contest. Okay. Okay. You guys, you guys are sending sending stuff in. I've I already got some I've already showed you. I've already, we already we're caught up on on who sent what in. Uh, some of you have written and said you've sent more in, mm-hmm. but this is this is an example. Uh, and then we got some examples that Justice showed you before too, but um, it doesn't have to be anything big, spectacular, extravagant. It like be, show them this. Like it could be small. It could be um, like this right here. Yeah. Needs to be like this is the biggest it needs. Yeah, a, a, a folded eight by ten eleven paper, a folded uh, like a needs envelope. to be probably the probably the biggest envelope. Yeah, envelope size number ten, envelope size. Um, so let me explain how this is going to work. So. What we do, what we've been doing at the house all these years is they they submit an ornament to put on the tree mm-hmm. and they write on the back of it what it means to them. And then at our Forgiven Felons Christmas party, um, we, which usually we have 50, 50, 60 people. A lot of people. Um, what we do is we take one of those, each one, and we don't tell the crowd whose ornament it is. So when we do it this year, they're not going to know whether it's coming from a resident or uh, somebody inside prison. We're just going to read. And we're not going to tell them the name. And uh, and then at the end, after we read them all, then the crowd, the crowd gets to cheer mm-hmm. and vote. Now, we're going to film some of the Christmas party. Uh, I got a guy. Uh, we, we filmed it last year. And uh, I guess I could play the video, the recap video for you all from last year so you can see what last year's was like. But then I thought, you know, why don't we just wait and do the recap party uh, video of this year's party? So we're going to do that. But... Um, and how uh, it's going to be judged is, like, they're going to cheer for which one, and then me and Jim are going to deliberate which one had the loudest Right. Cheers. So Jess and Jimma will figure out whose cheer was the loudest for what ornaments. And mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think we'll have first, second, and third. So, you know, uh, we'll give plenty of plenty of uh, options for, pri- uh, for prizes. Some, but I don't know that we'll be able to do prizes yeah. for you guys in prison. Some but, past uh, prizes have been gift cards, popcorn. Yeah. Gift cards, popcorn. food, popcorn, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so we won't be able to send that to you in prison, but maybe we'll figure something out um, as a ministry to you guys. We'll give you a big shout out. So, and then, um, yeah, you definitely get coverage on the show. So, uh, but anyway, uh, the ornaments are forgiven felons. They belong to forgiven felons. They will go back up on the tree every, every year. So, year. so we just keep adding more meaningful ornaments to our trees. So um, thank you for who all's uh, entered so far. We we, we love them and uh, okay. keep keep them coming. The deadline is it probably needs to be here. It, we need to we need to have it. Um, 
<clears throat> you can either mail it to the friggin' Felton's house, which is uh, mm-hmm. on the 7943 Claremont Drive, mm-hmm. uh, Dallas, Texas, seven. Or you can mail it to our house. Or Not to our house, oh, no. Oh, sorry. Uh, to the P.O. box, uh, the the address that's on our Pando. Go to our Pando. Uh, if I don't put the address on each episode, go to the our go to our actual main Forgiven Felons channel, and the P.O. box is right there. So, um, but yeah, that so that's how it is. That's how the ornament uh, contest is going to go. We definitely need it probably by the twenty, probably by the twenty first. It needs to be here by the twenty first. So whatever you need to do to get it here by the twenty first is uh, to be the, the contest. Um, but I mean, even if it gets there after that, we'll still put it on the tree. You just, we won't be able to judge it. You got to be present to win. Well, no, you don't have to be present Your ornament has to be present. Your ornament has to be present to win. That's pretty like, funny. I was like, wait, what? It's pretty funny. All right. Let's see. All right. So, uh, you know, we're not the only transitional house out here. Uh, there's a bunch more. There's some ministry. There's some actual call to ministry halfway houses, such as Calvary Commission. You, you, they, they will train you for the mission field. Uh, there's, uh, John Cordero, new name ministries. They, they have a great one as well in Fort Worth. Um, and then let's see under mm-hmm. the sun, under the sun is these are ones that we've known about for a while. So, mm-hmm. uh, these are all, these are all parole approved. And so under the sun, um, that they've got some great people there as well. And they, they take, uh, only SOs, but they're, f- these two that, that I, I just talked about, they're full a lot of times. So it can't be now, um, Christian Marino, thank you for sending this in about mm-hmm. um, crossing the Jordan, crossing the Jordan um, transitional house. World, Min- World Ministries, yeah. crossing the Jordan. Oh, no. World Ministries. Uh, mommy's texting us. Crossing the Jordan, World Ministries. And um, they have said, this is where the, I believe this is where this guy's going. They have said that they are, um, they're, they're, they, have, they have beds, I think Jordan mm-hmm. said. So we're gonna we're gonna give this address. The address is P.O. Box seventeen eighty or seventeen thirty eight, Pampa, Texas seven nine zero six six, Crossing the Jordan World Ministries. P.O. Box seventeen thirty eight, Pampa, Texas seven nine zero six six. Now, there's another one. Some of you inmates already know this gentleman, Jimmy Humphus. He did a lot of time in Cofield. He's been out for 20-plus years, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he runs No Turning Back Ministries. Okay, They have a church, downtown Venus as well. Mm-hmm. They have multiple transitional homes. Uh, they, here's the thing, though, man. They they pretty much just take uh, sex offenders. Um, so they, they just got a new house. All right, all USOs that have been writing us, listen, No Turning Back is a great program as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, me and Jimmy, we're on the same page, the same like mind. So uh, so, so, we only can have one in Dallas, but he's got multiple homes. They just opened up a new home. They're taking applications. Mm-hmm. They're trying to fill that house up. So that address is, um, that address is, where is it at? What did I do with it? Oh, wait, hold oh, on. Oh, you already checked it off. Yes, I did check it off. Uh, P.O. Box, no turning back, no turning back is the name of the ministry. P.O. Box 249, 249, Venus, Texas, V-E-N-U-S, Venus, 76084. That is the address. We will put it on a, on a transition as well, or a, 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 what do you call it, a slide mm-hmm. for the end of the show. We'll put both of these on there. Did so, you already uh, say that they're taking applications? They are, yeah. I already said that. Hey, listen, uh... There's a Celebrate Recovery that is starting at the Northeast Correctional Prison. Hey, anytime you can get a faith-based 12-step program started inside prison, we want to celebrate you. Uh, thank you, Northeast Correctional Center, um, otherwise known as to Michael Etchison up there. 
the uh, north the the northern territory northern frontier of forgiven felons so um we're so happy about that and we can't wait to see the changes that are going to come out of that um let's see what else there is there wasn't there something else um... oh i thought there was another graduate hey listen if you have a if you have a graduation yeah. um Graduation pictures. Also, I want to say shout out from Christian Marino. Shout out to Damien and Anthony. All right, Damien and Anthony. All right, if you have a, um, if you're in a class inside prison, all right. Uh, now I just went to uh, Stephen Garrett, resident forgiven felons. Oh yes. Yeah, so. He just graduated uh, a, a work training class, and he's certified now in OSHA 30 and so many other things. Now because of this class, uh, I think it was a couple months long, whatever, uh, through Dallas College. And he graduated, and and they actually asked him to be a speaker. So he spoke, and I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a little bit of the video up, and I'm gonna put um, some pictures up of his graduation. He's also a really good drawer. Yes, he's got. He just published a book. He sold, I think, four books, five yeah. books at graduation yesterday. Wow. So we got um, one. So we celebrate. It was more than just an OSHA thirty, more than just an CCDR. It was the first time that I felt a family in my life since I was fifteen. Yeah. Um, life has never been easy for me, and most that's because I made decisions that were not wise in my life, and I didn't ever have guidance. I've been in and out of prison five, five different times for almost 20 years of my life, and this time when I was in prison, I decided I needed to fix me. So I spent this last five years fixing me, taking all the spiritual classes I can take, First and foremost, I want to thank Jesus and my life. I look at the work that it took to fix me so that when I changed, I grew up in Houston, but I had to make a change for that. You have to change everything. But if you don't fix you, it doesn't matter where you go. You'll find the same people in the same places, just with different faces. Come on, Steve. So I made that change, and I knew it was time for me to grow. Him, but we almost we also want to celebrate any of you. you. They were letting me go when they were letting me go in. I would go and I would I would be at some of the graduations and I love celebrating. So if you're inside prison and you have a grad a, a class that is graduating and you're part of that class, either a participant or a leader or teacher in that class, uh, let us know when the graduation is coming up. Don't tell us at the beginning of the class. Let us know when the graduation is coming up. And if you can get us a pic, I'll post the pic. All right. Have your family have your family look on Facebook on their Facebook page or whatever. But uh, we want to celebrate any graduations. Okay. Uh, let's see what else. What else? That's it, huh? Yeah. Uh, today's Episode. show. Today's show. Twan and Olivia going to be on the show. Olivia. This is going to be a really good one. You know, we had them. Um, he's been on the show several times. Several but times. Um, but this time we have Twan and Olivia. And Olivia. All right. And uh, we went down to Houston mm-hmm. and on the Houston trip, and we, we got them together. Yes. And they yes. dropped some marriage bombs like crazy. But you know what? On the way back, I was talking to them, and we're like, we didn't talk about the wedding. Oh my gosh! Yes, I remember the that. The wedding was amazing. So I want to talk about that now, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I'm going to post pictures. Yes. And I'm going to post uh, so many different things. The only thing is, um, we don't what? have them with me, so we we don't have them with us, so we're not going to get the full perspective. I know, but he's, he's so busy. His schedule's so busy, and uh, you know, we I don't know what is that. Is that your ringtone? That is my ringtone. <laughs> what? What? Oh, you know what? I, it's Twan. Answer. Oh my gosh, Twan is calling. Oh my Twan. gosh. Twan, what's up, dude? 
What's going on? I heard you talking about me. What's go? What's up? Wait, what? You heard us talking about you? Where are you? Are you outside our studio? No, man. I can hear. You. I can hear you in the spirit, bro. <laughs> oh my gosh! We were just Dude. talking about you. So we were talking about the Houston trip that we made. And that we got both you and Olivia on the show together. we didn't get together. anything at the wedding. But then I was telling everybody how we had to have a hard stop because y'all had an appointment to go to. And that when we were talking about it later, that, that we realized we didn't even get to talk about the wedding. So, you know, uh, I just was telling Jessa that we're going to talk about it right now, just me and her. And I was going to show pictures and, uh, you know, and all that, you know. And so I was going to show you in your tux and your and, 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 and Olivia, the, the wedding pictures, all that. And then all of a sudden, here you are calling. So, uh, so do you mind just hanging out with us for a minute? Yeah, let's talk. Let's just Yay. Talk. <laughs> all right. We didn't get a chance to cover, so yeah. Yeah, so it. first of all, in the interview, man, y'all dropped some marriage bombs, man. Some such good marriage advice that uh, I can't wait for the for everyone to hear that. But, man, before y'all got married, there was a wedding ceremony that was off the chain, Tuan. Yeah, it was off the chain. And you know what the best part about it was? You got to officiate yes. the wedding, which was uh, just really cool for us because, you know, just planning for a destination wedding, the travel, like just the commitment that you had for us. And not only that, you were the one that actually offered uh, to actually officiate the wedding. And I just want to say thank you to you and your wife for just traveling and just making that. Yeah, dude. Meant the world to us. I mean, you know, when I ask you who, who was officiating your wedding, uh, because I know you have people in your life that uh, that you know even down there in Houston that could do it and want to do it and would be happy to do it and and they're a part of your life. Um, but then when you told me, uh, probably just the dude at the destination wedding, I was like, oh no, no, man, no, 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 you can't do he that. He doesn't even know you very well. And so that's when I started suggesting to you that you know that you get somebody that knows y'all's story. And, uh, and yeah, and, and, and I don't usually offer myself to anybody, but at this point I was like, we're coming anyway. So if you don't, if, if it comes down to you just paying a guy, you don't know at the destination, we, we would, we'd be honored to do it ourselves. And so, uh, so yeah, after y'all prayed about it, talked about it, y'all picked me and we're so happy. And, uh, it was an I honor. Really wanted to come. It was an honor, dude. It was such an amazing wedding. I, I, it's almost like you don't even want to call it a wedding. It's almost like you want to call it an encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was one. It was one experience that I'll never forget. And, I, and I'm so I'm really glad that we actually did it. Um, you know, because just the the relationships, some of the life change there. Uh, you know, definitely want to talk into some of those highlights uh, with you on this call here, just kind of share with the audience, like you know, whether you're married or planning to get married, maybe you're engaged, you're looking like. Well, maybe you, you're thinking about doing a destination wedding. Like, How stressful uh, is that, bro? I mean, just planning yeah. a local wedding has to be stressful. I mean, it was stressful for Jessamy, and we, we had it at our own church. And it was the week before the wedding, the preparations, was she says, was one of the worst weeks of her life. <laughs> well, I've heard your story, and I don't know if our wedding was as stressful as yours, but it can be quite a journey, and especially a challenge when it comes to just planning travel for everyone, getting everyone on the same page, where to meet up, you know. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, it, it, there's a lot that goes through it. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, you know, me and Olivia, even though you're probably going to sh- share a, a lot of the highlight pictures, and there were moments even on that trip where, man, I broke down mm. uh, because it was just something new to me. There was a lot of things that, you know, I didn't know were going to come up. Um, you know, we even got into an argument during our wedding, you know, and, yeah, wow. you know, 
And uh, I'm, Th- I'm hey, thank down. you, thank you for sharing that, man. Because people need to hear that, man. It's not mm-hmm. all it's wedding smiles, and it's not all perfect. And people need to hear that you know you do have those moments, but you rise above them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it now, but man, there was a day I broke down and I was crying like a baby. Bro, and then you know, and I look back at those moments because you think you know you're getting married and it's gonna be like happy dandy and just everything's gonna be be smooth. But what I'm learning just through marriage is getting married doesn't like totally make you happy, right? Right. It's yeah. this journey of becoming one, and there's so many difficulties and challenges and conflicts, differences that we have that actually make us one. Yes. And so. Yeah, so it, it's 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 a learning curve for us now, you know, and, and you know, I would I would trade it, you know, I don't regret anything, you know, every argument that we've had is just helping us become better, you know, and that's how I look at things now. Where before it's like, oh no, we're incompatible, like, ah, oh, you know, I married the wrong person, like I don't <laughs> allow those thoughts to ever creep yeah. in, because what God has placed together, let no man that's right. separate. That's right, and uh, you know. You know that D words and that is is we don't use that at all. So yeah. I never talk about leaving. I never talk about separation. So She's good, on man. The same page. So the wedding, dude. I mean, you got to baptize somebody at the at, before the wedding. Talk <laughs> about that, man. Yeah. So you know, uh, a big part of those type of trips, man. We always pray for just an encounter with God. Uh, I had a couple of uh, I had a couple of our uh, friends there, and I would you know I wasn't really close to. Uh, no, all of them, but they came as, uh, there were two guys that were, they came in as, a uh, as part of, uh, as part of, uh, Olivia's, uh, friends. Right. And, you know, we always, you know, me, you, you two, Jay, we always look for these moments to actually just share the gospel. Right. And to share our faith. And uh, I was able to, you know, kind of just sow that seed. Yeah. It was, it was funny because now I won't mention his name, but, you know, I was telling you about like, Hey man, I, I think my friend here, um, and we could have a, an opportunity to actually lead him to Christ and maybe get him get baptized. Wow. So I was telling I was telling you, remember Jay, I was like, yep. you know, I'll, I'll share with this guy and I was sharing him the, the the power of just receiving Christ. He actually got saved a week before we went to the wedding. Wow. Okay. So I thought, how cool would that be for him and his girlfriend to see him get baptized in Playa de Carmen, Mexico at the resort? Well, so, yeah, well, yeah, we need to say that's where it was. Playa, da, Playa uh, how do you Playa say it? Carmen. Yeah. Playa de Carmen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was at a that beautiful place. resort, man. Beautiful. Y'all did a great job picking that out. But yeah, yeah, the you baptism. Remember, uh, and, we, and we just, you know, and every time you're talking about water baptism, you really want to kind of explain what it means and what it represents, you know, because water baptism doesn't actually, like, you know, just it doesn't transform. Sa- yeah, it doesn't save you. You can't get to heaven right. through 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 water baptism. It's just an act of obedience after you get saved. Right, and you, I don't know if you remember, Jay. We were talking about getting water baptized, how it all works, and just the whole declaration and what it stands for. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He goes, "Where is this water at?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. It was like it was like we were we were just kind of hinting around that we should do it on this trip, and he was like, "Let's do it now." Yep. So let's do it now. And we did right after breakfast. Wasn't it breakfast or lunch we had? Yeah, we did it right after breakfast. Yeah. And, uh, you mm, know, that's uh, we filmed it. And, you know, the other crazy thing, too, is later on that day. Jay, hey, hey, there, do, y'all, do I have a permission to put that picture up where, where y'all were baptizing him? Do you have that picture? Yeah, I took pictures. Okay. He okay. took a lot of pictures. Cool. Uh, yeah. 
part. Yep. Perfect. Uh, and, you know, and the, the crazy part of this is, is when you're always looking for encounters with God, and you're just asking God to use you. There, I promise you, there's opportunities everywhere. Everywhere. And, and, but you just got to take that initiative. We were actually in that big old blue lagoon. You yeah. weren't there at that time, Jay. Yeah. So we baptized one person in the morning. And later on, we were just kind of just out hanging out the water. And I was talking to one of my other friends that is Olivia's really good friend. Yeah. And she was like, hey, I heard you guys baptize someone this morning. Like, my fiance has been wanting to get baptized for a while now. But he keeps on procrastinating. (laughs) And guess who comes into the water? Boom. And so me and Corey, we just threw it out there. We're like, hey, bro, heard you just got saved. And, uh, you know, you You've been wanting to get baptized. And we said, why haven't you got baptized? He goes, I don't know. I was like, well, why not now? So me and Corey actually got to baptize him in the water Man, as well. So. I know. I and know that. When, when y'all told me that, I was just like, wow, that's awesome. What a great trip, man. I mean, just incredible. I mean, you guys even gave me, uh, as the person leading the, the, the ceremony, you guys gave me the freedom to say, hey, listen, if you – if you want to throw it out there to see if anybody wants to give their heart to Jesus, you know, at that wedding ceremony, then make, make sure you do it. And, you know, you don't, you just don't hear that very often, you know, cause usually the weddings are typically about the bride and the groom, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. but then really our whole relationship with Jesus is about a bride and a groom. And so, right. so what more, what better place to have ministry happen than at a wedding. I mean, Jesus started his, he kicked his whole ministry off at a wedding, you know? And so, so it's just, it was, it was an honor, first of all, for you guys to say yes to the offer. Uh, We were going to be there and we were going to enjoy it either way, but it made it more special for me and my family to, uh, to have the ability to, to do that so that, you know, other people in your wedding party that could have done it too, could just be enjoying the being in, being a part of the wedding party. And, uh, and so we, it was a blast, man. You were stunning. Your bride was beautiful. The reception was incredible. I think y'all, y'all had surprise dances for each other and it was, it was fun. It was, it was good food. I mean, it was, it was one of the most incredible weddings that I've ever attended, bro. So, yeah, I concur. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I I got I got the wedding party pictures that y'all sent me. So uh, if you have some specific ones that you want me to post, you know, while we're talking about this story, uh, let me know. But man, I'm gonna I'm gonna post I'm gonna post a bunch of them anyway because I mean I mean I know the ones that y'all posted on Facebook and social media that y'all like and and uh, and and it's incredible. The video is is incredible. It's uh, y'all story. I mean, y'all, they, as a part of the reception, there was a dinner. They, they recorded their stories. Okay. A little bit of their own story. uh, They, they told in a video and then they start talking about, they kind of blended it in with how they met each other. And, and Twan, that video made me cry. It was one of the most impactful videos I've ever seen that that thing needs to be seen in more places than just that wedding party because it's 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 empowering. It, it will give you hope. It will give you inspiration to know that you know. Hey, you you keep doing what you're supposed to doing. You know what's supposed to be doing. And y'all were doing. Y'all were serving in the church. Y'all were working for the kingdom, and and God allowed y'all's paths to cross. And that's one of the most important things, man. Is 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 that when you're in the will of God, doing the will of God, you're going to find other people 
that are in the will of God that you're supposed to meet. And and sometimes the person you're supposed to meet might be might be your future spouse. And uh, so I, I just appreciate you and all that you and Olivia represent. And, uh, you know, we've had you on the show so many times, but uh, we love we love what you do. We love what you represent. And now you've got a, a kingdom power couple. You're a kingdom power couple representing the kingdom of God in business, entrepreneurship and everything. And so I can't wait for them to hear this story, uh, the, the interview. But I, I, I did. I'm so glad you called in and, uh, and and shared a little bit about the wedding. Anything else you want to talk about about the wedding? Nah, I just say if, if, if any of y'all are planning to do a destination wedding, uh, just know it's going to come with some some, some unique challenges. Uh, and it's definitely going to be a lot smaller than what you would normally expect just because of the travel commitment and just, um, you know, your guests having to pay because uh, more than likely you're not going to be paying for everybody. Okay, but 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 y'all 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 streamed it live though, so even if you want, yes. even if you couldn't go, they they thought of you too and they streamed it live because your parents couldn't come. Uh, neither yeah. one of your sets of parents could come, and and uh, so so you know they streamed it live, so everybody that that connected to this group uh, that was back home could watch it live, and so they you, you guys just thought of everybody else on your wedding day, and, and and I don't know how much more stress that brought to you, but I want to I want to say thank you, you know, and and y'all even had some surprises for each other in the wedding. I think Olivia had her parents and your parents do a surprise video. That, uh, that that they played at the wedding that you you didn't know that they were doing. So what did you think about that? No, I thought that was definitely a surprise because I, I never really saw my parents doing like a, a little uh, you know highlight video, uh, just you know sending their blessings uh, live you know from from you know their home. Yeah, uh, just blessing us there. So that was very well thought out. That was all Olivia right there. Yeah. And, you know, keep, keep in mind, none of my family was able to attend except my niece. Yeah. But we already had planned once we got back because the destination wedding was something that me and Olivia really wanted to do just for the experience. And, and I praise God because we had a really cool encounter there as well. But we did a big, a bigger reception with yeah. like 200 of our friends and family. Yeah, and that, that was fun looking too, man. Yeah. So, you know, it, it all, it all, it all paid off really well. Just from, you know, looking back and just, you know, will we change anything? And I'm like, no, nah, it, it was just perfect how everything played out. Okay. So, Tuan, we're about to play the interview. So tell everybody, prep them, prep everybody listens. Uh, I think, I think, I think we're on 700,000 tablets now across the nation. So uh, tell everybody what they can expect with this interview with you and Olivia coming up. All uh, right. Hey, can I give a couple of shout outs to you? Yes. Uh, as I kind of, yeah. All right. So, first off, you know, me and Olivia decided to do kind of like a, you know, we wanted to do a podcast interview. Jay reached out to us and just really talk about marriage and relationships. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about how, how marriage is hard and holy, you know, in a sense where it, it's not about marriage making you happy, uh, but it, it's it's a hard journey. It's challenging, but it's so fulfilling and it's so worth it at the end. Olivia is going to share a lot of transparency there, too, as just. You know, uh, uh, you know, playing the role uh, of the woman and the me, just trying to be the provider at the same time. You know, I've, I've been single for so long. We've both been single for so yeah. long in our lives. And now it's just, it's different. Like, I look back and, and here's what I say, right? Marriage, like when I was single, when we were both single, we had so much more freedom and less responsibility. When you enter into oh, Hey, marriage, hey, hey, bro, you're saying some of the same things you say in the interview. So don't, don't do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
you okay. you already right. talk about that in the interview. All so right. just get them ready. So give yeah, them give shout out. Give your shout outs, and then yeah. and then just let them know what you know that the, they're about to hear some good stuff. All right, yeah. So y'all just, I mean, if you're in a relationship, you're engaged, you're looking to get married. Uh, we just want to share like just the transparency of like what it really takes to build a foundation. Yes. Um, and y'all do so foundation. good at that. Y'all do so good at that. They do yeah, get raw. So, they get a little raw. You guys get a little raw and vulnerable. And uh, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, so who you want to shout out to, man? Uh, I want to shout out the Polonsky unit. Okay. Uh, my boy Dan and uh, uh, June. He's a, uh, those are some good friends of mine at the Polonsky unit. Okay. And then I also want to shout out my boy, uh, uh, Glenn, Glenn Sheldon, he's over there at the McConnell unit, man. If you're ever listening to Background Check podcast, man, uh, definitely want to shout you out and wish you guys uh, a Merry Christmas. And just to everyone, everyone at the Carol Vance, everyone at Polanski, yeah, every, yeah. every single every single unit. Uh, just for me, if you don't, if we haven't connected yet, you know, I hope to meet every single person inside those prison walls. I hope I get that. Just pray, you know what? Pray for an opportunity. Where me and Jay can actually go to every single unit here in Come Texas. On. That would be my prayer Come on. for everyone listening. Awesome. 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 All right, man. Don't let your background hold you back. Make it pay you back. That's right. It should let you pay you back. That's right. Love you, bro. Thanks for calling in, <laughs> man. All right, bro. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Let's pray. That was so cool. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all this platform. Thank you for uh, your word. Thank you for the ability to just uh, be drawn to you, Lord, in, in, in every way. Lord, we, we, we celebrate Randy uh, Wickersham. Lord, he passed away the last couple of weeks. Randy was a, a resident at Forgiven Felons. He was on the WIND unit. And, uh, and Lord, we just, we just know that he came to know you after 28 years in prison. He came to know you right before, right when he made parole. And he came to you because you gave him parole. And he said, God, I should have never gotten out of prison. But uh, because you did and you saw fit to, to show mercy on me, then I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. He wasn't in church. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, at an altar. He was in his cell by himself. And he cried out to God. And your, Lord, your word, even the song says, your kindness leads us to repentance. So, Father, I speak kindness over everyone listening right now from Seg to Death Row, Life Row to Florida, from Florida to California to Washington State to D.C. To, to Maine, Massachusetts, all you guys up there, everybody in between. Lord, I just I speak life over them. And, uh, and I say, Lord, they can have an encounter with you right now where they are in their cell, by themselves, with their cellie in the day room, wherever they are listening to this, they can have an encounter with you. And Lord, Randy served you in a wheelchair for, for four, four years, five years, six years, Lord, since he got out. And I thank you for his, thank you for his life. Thank you for his friendship. We, we bless his family, Lord. We pray for his son. We know that his son, we believe his son's going to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. We ask you to um, just speak to people's hearts so that they can say, they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that you, Jesus, died on the cross for their sins and then rose again and are sitting by, by your dad, our dad, in heaven interceding for us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for Tuan and Olivia. We thank you for this platform. We thank you for everyone out there, Lord, listening. We thank you for the single folk, the married folk, we thank you that people are going to be drawn to you by, by this by, by this episode with Tuan and Olivia. We love you, Lord. We lift up all the prayer requests that we have gotten in. We, so many, we can't read them all. 
but you know who you are. If you send a prayer request into us, just know we're covering it in prayer right now. In Jesus' name, intervene into people's healing, into people's finances, into people's hearts in Jesus' name. And we pray for Jessa and her, her, her ankle for a speedy recovery. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Enjoy the show. Don't let your background hold you back. Nikki, pay you back. Twan and Olivia. Ooh. Win. Win, win. Olivia, you got a new last name. How about that? <laughs> you're married. You're married name. You got a new married name. I it's... got the same last name I was born with. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, man. Uh, so I, I had it on Twan. Sorry. All right. So uh, welcome to the show, guys. And uh, for everybody here listening, Tuan has been on a few times, but this is our favorite time he's been on because he's got his wife with him. Hey, let's go. What's going on, guys? Yay. Guys, thank you for carving time out today. Uh, I got to remember that I don't have a camera on me. So uh, remember, you're on camera. You're on camera one, Tuan. And Olivia, you're on camera two. All right. Y'all are the prettiest couple I've ever had on. I love it. Aww. I received that in the name of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Really absolutely. All right, y'all. So, Tuan, you've been on. You've been on talking about your story. If you want to know Tuan's full story, go to episode 10. 10 for the win. Get it? Hey. 10 for the win. For Tuan <laughs> win. Uh, go to episode 10 and, and listen to his full, incredible story. But so much has happened since that story that makes his whole story even better. And so Tuan, last time you were on, uh, you, we talked about business. We talked about, I think zero to millions and you know, whatever that was the title of it. And that caught a lot of people's, and here's the thing. I get so many people write in about you and want you to connect with them. I have only sent you a few wow. I, and, and the ones I've sent you, you remember those, but so many come in and, uh, you're one of the ones that really, uh, you you res- resonate with people, and so I just wanted you to know that. So That's if you want me to send all of them your way, we, we can. Wow. Yeah. So you shoot them my way, man. All right. All right. We'll do that. that. So, um, well, tell us, man. Tell us who your who your bride is, man. Go for it. Well, it's a it's official, everyone. Uh, for everyone that's been following uh, my journey, just from prison to purpose to now marriage. Uh, today, I want to introduce you to my lovely, lovely, beautiful Proverbs thirty one wife. Straight from heaven above, given to me from the Lord himself. She goes by the name of Olivia Nguyen, but since we have the same last name, now she goes by Olivia Nguyen Nguyen. Nice. <laughs> you are a walking win-win situation. Hey, I love it. So... I love it. So tell Olivia. Yes. I, I, we, we hear from him a lot. So you tell us who you are, what you do now, you know, and... Uh, business owner all that stuff what do you do and and tell us a little bit about your family and okay and how they felt about you know you marrying a felon uh yeah go for it well i'm a houston native i've lived in louisiana california and we currently live here in houston and i would say i've had a couple of uh lives you know and me being in my mid-30s this time and after giving my life to christ at age 30 Um, My life is definitely different this time around for the good. And um, God has definitely led me to Tuan in a way that I had never expected. Wow. That's awesome. So what all have you done in your life? 
Uh, the first half of my life, my parents, they both came to America in 1975 towards the end of the Vietnam War. Okay. And they were actually the first couple on our dad's side family that came over to America. Oh, wow. So Pioneers. And we, and we sh- they, they were. And we shared this at our Houston wedding reception uh, last Saturday, and it was powerful. Because not even, I don't think that even our close relatives even know about the full length of the story. So I did an interview with my parents in Vietnamese, and I translated it in English, and I did a full video on their entire story on how they came over to America and how that's led to opportunities of freedom and eventually our salvation and me leading up to meeting Tuan and mm. leading a legacy now that we're joined together. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, Tuan, I, I don't think anything outside of the marriage is new in your life right now because your business is still thriving. You're, you're, you're escalating, but, but I want to talk about how you two met. Okay. So y'all can go back and forth. However you want to tell the story. If some of, if, if, if you're better at telling some of the parts, then he's better at telling some of the other parts. If you see the part totally differently, we want to hear both sides because then we'll decide which part is true. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I love interviewing couples cause then somebody, one, one, one of the people will say one thing and then the other one's like, that is not how it happened. So, uh, how did you guys meet, walk us through that and, uh, and take us all the way up to the engagement and, you know, into where we are now. I think I got to go back to probably 2014. Uh, March 2014 was the day I got arrested on the 16-year sentence, and that's when I truly surrendered my life to God. I was in the back of that copper, and I said, Lord, have mercy on me. And that was pretty much it. That was like kind of a defining moment for me. Just, you know, I knew I was going to be gone for maybe at least five years of my life. And I think a big part of that journey there when I got to prison was – and I just wanted to get my life right. And a big part of getting my life right was, Lord, send me a helper. Uh, I really was tired of these toxic relationships that I had in my life. Just, you know, uh, just it, 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 was, I, I, it was just an empty feeling that I had. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think for me, I wanted to build a legacy, Jay. And I don't know if anybody on this call can relate to that, but when I got to prison, I started fervently praying for a Proverbs 31 wife. And, and you know, I think even Olivia uh, can kind of speak into this. But when I first started kind of maybe developing a vision for like what my wife looked like, I kind of had this idea of, you know what, I like Caucasian women. I want like a, a mixed baby. So you know what, maybe she's blonde <laughs> and blue eyes. And I think a part of that was just kind of like rebelling towards what my parents always wanted of me, which was like, you got to marry inside the culture. She has to be Vietnamese and this is what we want. So I think I grew up with this rebellion towards that vision or image that they had for me. So I, I know I never once thought I'm going to marry someone that was Vietnamese just yeah. like me. Wow. So I started praying for Proverbs 31 wife. And one of my prayer partners was just on the podcast recently, Brian Townsend. Yeah, okay. You know, yep. and we would lock arms every single, I don't know, maybe not every single day, but we would pray fervently for our wife. And I remember early on, I would be like, well, Lord, I don't even know what her name is. I don't know where she's at. I don't even know if she's saved. But Lord, if she's not saved, Lord, I'm praying right now, Lord, that you would save her because I wanted to be equal. Mm, Yo, yeah, yeah. I, I had to, you know, kind of share that because uh, where 
Olivia was in her life at this time in about maybe 2014, 15, when I started praying for my wife, I'll let her kind of speak on where she was at. It's funny how you mentioned that because while you were getting arrested the third time, I had just recently made the Houston Dynamo cheerleading team uh, after pursuing professional cheerleading for about over seven years. I had just moved back from California, living a wild life, and I thought I wanted to try dance again because it was my passion. Um, and I didn't have any experience, and so I just started from scratch and just grabbed a few friends that have made the team, and they trained me up in their ways, and I was in the world, partying, just wanting to be loved and accepted and, you know, hopping from relationship to relationship, and from 2014 to 2017, I would probably say it was the years leading up to my salvation that I had no idea was going to happen, and I even remember after saying yes to Jesus in 2017, that year, the Holy Spirit gave me characteristics of who my future husband was going to be. And it was, it was so wild. I, I had, I was barely even knew like how to listen from the Holy Spirit. Cause I grew up in a religious household. I didn't even know what that looked like, what that sounded like. And so when I started picking up these like characteristics of who he was going to be, I was like, where is this coming from? And so I just had written it all down and use it as a declaration and believing for greater things for my life. And mind you, I'm like, well, in my, I'm in my thirties at this point. Like I thought I was going to be married in my early twenties, then mid twenties. You know, I think every woman always has a dream of who they would marry and what kind of life they want to live. And Maybe at that point, I didn't really have a clear vision, but we were just going through the motions, mm. right? Thinking that maybe it'll lead to something. Maybe this relationship will be it. Maybe this guy will be the next one. And so we size up these relationships that we have, and then they end up failing. And then it's funny, God always speaks to the one thing that we always worship. Mm. And that was relationship for me. Wow. And when it, when it failed, I had nothing. And when my business failed, I had nothing. And so while I was chasing money with no money. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all been there. <laughs> right? With no relationship, I mean, all I had was Jesus. And so mm. someone had invited mm. me. Say that again. All I had was Jesus. Oh, man. When I had nothing. That's a good statement. Um, you know, his, his power is made perfect in our weakness. And in, in those moments, God was actually drawing me. But I was completely broken. And someone had invited me to church. I said yes to Jesus. Then I got water baptized. And then my life started changing. I, I've heard the gospel tons of times, but not in the way where I was broken. And it affected my spirit mm. that I wanted to change. My thoughts and habits started changing. But it only changed after reading the word of God. It doesn't work if you don't mm. read the word of God. It doesn't work if you don't surround yourself with godly community that convicts you. Yeah. And they didn't have to preach. It was the way that they were living that convicted me. And it wasn't a, a, a worldly like way of improving. It was like a godly sorrow that I had. Yeah. And all of a sudden, everything I was doing was completely wrong. And so at that point, I hear great things about after people say yes to Jesus, they get to meet their spouse right after. So I'm just <laughs> like, I said yes to Jesus. Oh my gosh, I'm going to meet my spouse soon. I can't wait. And so I'm... Is that biblical? No. Well, she, she said she's knows? just heard people say it. Is there a verse that says get saved now and you'll meet your husband? No, actually, wife, Paul says I would wish you would. I would rather you all stay like me, single, single, <laughs> oh, and ready funny. to mingle. 
Well, I was excited for whatever that was during that time that maybe, maybe he would, you know, quickenly come, but, um, he didn't. And I just continued serving in the church and me and Twana actually served on the same campus at the same church. I didn't want anything to do with him. Although he was a great guy, highly respected. Why did you not want anything to do with him? Because my parents, well, it's not that they wanted me to marry, but I could just feel like growing up that your parents, you know, would like you to marry someone. Okay, so he fit the mold of what your parents thought you should marry, and you wanted to not necessarily do what your parents wanted you to do. Perhaps my parents didn't come first in mine. I saw him and I was like, ugh, no way. Another wannabe that just wants to be cool. Sorry, That's I really, great. I really I love did. that. Keep it real, keep it real. Hey, Jessamy didn't have any real feelings for me when I first got out of prison. I was like, "Hey, did you have a moment like I did, where like you were like, wow?" She's like, "No." <laughs> I'm like, "Thanks, babe. At least lie next time and tell you yeah. I was cute or something." Right. I mean, he was really cute, but he wasn't my type. I didn't fit the profile. That's yeah. how it was. Like in her eyes, you know, she was looking to have, uh, you know, probably a, a, a mixed relationship too. You know, yep. same thing with me. You know, I was, I already, I already had vision of myself having mixed kids. Me too. Here's what she kind of looks like, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny because usually what we have planned <laughs> doesn't quite turn out, you know, the way we want it. And I guess just kind of coming out of prison. I remember this story. Uh, I was reading a book, I think it was by Andy Stanley called Love, Sex, and Dating. And in that book, he was sharing about a story about this guy that was just kind of living in this worldly, promiscuous lifestyle. And he, he he's trying to find that one, right? You're looking for that one. And he's talking to his mom. And he meets this really nice, wholesome, beautiful, church-going, you know, woman of God. And he was really attracted to that. And so he told his mom, he's like, I think I found the one. You know, and he, his mom's like, what do you mean? She's like, mom, she's so beautiful. She goes to church. She goes to school. She has a great job. She's wholesome, you know. And she was, he's just listing all these great attributes of this God-fearing woman. And you know what his mom said? He said, son, that's great. But what would a girl like that want to do with a guy like you? Mm-hmm. And after I heard that story, I said, man. I'm that guy. Yeah. And unless I do something right now while I'm in prison to change who I am, I'm never going to attract what I want. Yeah. You know, our mentor, John Maxwell, says we don't attract what we want or need. We attract who we are. And until I change the way I talk, the way I thought, the way I walk, I would never attract a Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big part of me just kind of stepping into this kingdom man. And just saying, you know what? I want something better for my life. I want a Proverbs 31 wife that could help me, not just anyone. You know, when God speaks about, you know, I'm going to create a help me or, or send a helper. What I've realized is you just can't choose to be with any woman, mm-hmm. right? Until you discover your purpose, find your gifts and, and realize who you are in Christ. You can't find the helper yet. And all my life I've been with, you know, just toxic women because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know my gifts. I didn't know my talents. I didn't know my purpose. She would never be able to help me. Yeah. And that was all through my life. And that was a big part of me was I had to discover who I really was first. I had to know myself in order to grow myself. And because of that, then God started 
bring her into my life you know and, and of course there was a there's like a five-year waiting period yeah. she got saved and here she's like lord where's he at lord where's he at she didn't realize your boy's in prison but you know what's so funny like when you're saying that you had to wait five years but during those years i felt like god was waiting on me until i got it together and it's not saying yes to jesus and then all of a sudden you're a hundred percent a lot better than who you were like there's a pruning stage that needs to happen and i didn't know like how long it was gonna take but year after year after saying yes to jesus i just remember man i'm serving faithfully in the church man mm. i'm just i'm doing all these godly things and i i can just feel my faith kind of wavering and like i remember coming home after serving church and kicking my shoes off spiritually and just getting mad at god like where is he why is he such a mysterious person to me like why won't you show me you you've blessed me in all these areas but not in this one area who is he like, you know, I've desired this. I've wanted this. I've kept myself pure since I said yes to you. Like, I've pursued all these things and I wanted it so bad, but I couldn't rush it. I couldn't force it because my oath was that, God, you pick him for me. I'm terrible at picking relationships now. You pick it for me. Mm. And I had to wait that entire time. And it was so hard and frustrating. So those that are waiting for their one, for, you know, for, for their godly spouse, like, I would say keep trusting god yeah don't rely on your wisdom and understanding and that it may be that he's waiting on you not that you're waiting on god to get ready that's for so good your next journey and if you if you have god rush it uh he mm -hmm. the guy he's forming for you may not be fully whole yet and ready to to come alongside you yep so if, if you good. rush it you'll ruin it wow yeah. wow 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 yeah and we know that you know hurt people hurt people too uh move so I want to move on to something funny here, right? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No. <laughs> I mean, yes, I love funny, but I mean, is it going to... It's it's still correlating to how yeah, we met. Yeah, because we want to know, like, how you met and, and all that. You know, I mean, I know, uh, you know, there's... I know we wouldn't have to go into all the details, but, you know, there's some... There was some courting. There was some trying to win win over and all that stuff. And and uh, we got the... So what, what finally did it in, you know? What finally... Bam, well, sealed it in. Let me let me tell my version and she can tell her <laughs> version. <laughs> I love this part. I started I started going to church and you know, that's where I met my business partner Corey Davis. I met, I met Pastor Trevor as well. I had no clue I was gonna meet my wife here at uh Hope City in uh, Cornerstone Church. And so uh, you know, when I first stepped into we had this leadership class early in the morning and me and Pastor Trevor, you know, he's in prison ministry, we made a great connection. So he said, you know what? I want to bring you into class. I want you to share your testimony. That's where Olivia first got her glimpse of me. I'll let you tell the story now. <laughs> you know, the, those days, man, it's so surreal. Just like looking back, like this is our life. This really did happen. And like God really did put us together. He's so good. So we took leadership class. It was um, a class that you would take before church service. So really what brought us together is similar interest. You know, we were interested in leadership. We were interested in serving, and we love the Lord. Man, I love that because the one thing you want is to to be with somebody like minded, and so just y'all being in that same scene together, it means you're like minded. So we were literally running the same path without even knowing at that point that God had put a, ordained and put us together, but He needed to prune our pride and humble us so that we could see each other's true hearts. And that wasn't until 
we led a John Maxwell Bible. Well, we'll go back, go back to that first time in leadership class and, you know, your thought process, you know, PT makes this announcement of who I am and, you know, go, go through back that, that little thought you had. Well, I felt like a lot of people had announced you separately, separate times. And so that's what made you so noticeable because just like you said, Jay Dan, his testimony is so powerful. It's still inspiring for me to hear his story. But during that time, he was introduced as Tuan Nguyen. And I want everyone to, you know, say hi to this. You know, he just got out of prison. And I was like, what? And and just great things that he's doing for the kingdom of God. And he was so well-spoken. And he was my race. He was Vietnamese. And I was like, that never happens. He's so different. But then when I heard his name and they said, everyone, please welcome Tuan Nguyen. I'm like, dad, are you in the room? I th- What? My dad's name is Tuan Nguyen. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. That's that's hilarious. Yeah, and I don't know anybody named Tuan Nguyen. Um but he does, but in this yeah. scenario, you know, wow. he was in the same room with me. So I was what like, man. I remember laughing under my breath. I was like, God, this better not be my husband. <laughs> she literally thought that too. She literally did. Uh, I make this joke now, I think I can because we're married, but yeah. you know, she calls me daddy now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a funny joke we uh, we always say now. Because, that is funny. That I mean, is because funny. what are the coincidence? What what is what is the what is? I mean, what are the odds of me having her dad's name? And then let me kind of share this part. Uh, her family only has two girls, right? Which is her and Monica. And so a big part of just building this legacy and then just the name itself, like. It's just the coolest thing for yeah. us now to partner up and then we still carry the same last name. Can I share that story? Yeah. So my mom, she's she struggled with um, with having her first child for 19 years. It was really important to her. She wanted to, you know, have children. And so uh, she even fostered, I think, like someone at the time they were really close with that they brought over to Vietnam. Um, but it took my mom 19 years. And I remember her telling me when I found out I was pregnant, I didn't even believe it. She had to go to three, four different doctors Mm. to confirm that she was pregnant because she had gone for so long and so used to the same condition she was in. She didn't believe it when it was actually something Mm. that she had prayed and wanted for so long. And when she ended up being pregnant, she got me and my sister but the funny thing about that and how God had already pre-planned all of it is that he had done that on purpose so that God can get the glory and continue the legacy in what me and Tuan are building now by using the same name. And now mm. he gets to bear the same name as if my mom had a son. Mm. Wow. Wow. Now I heard that. I heard the story, but I didn't hear the ending yeah, I mean, y'all told us a little bit about that at the, at the wedding, but the ending that you just ended that with, um, that puts it all in perspective. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, I have two daughters. I have an older son who does not bear my name, and I have two daughters. And that's always, like, in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. And, my, and my, my brother has four daughters. So it's like the gum name is going to be, you know, so I don't know how he's going to do it. Jessa Lynn said, she, she said, Daddy, I'll change my name and keep it at gum. And I'm like, no, I don't want to make you do that. Right. And, uh, but yeah, I can see how that's important. That's important. And the way God just orchestrated it all so that, so that the verse delight yourself in the Lord 
and he will give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes he gives us what we need. My God shall supply all of our needs. But then sometimes he likes to give us our desires. And what you did was you delighted yourself in the Lord and he gave you all the desires of your heart, even with the names and the legacy and, you know, and even the jokes about daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, uh, did y'all have any challenges? I mean, did your parents, did your parents have some, something to say about Twan? Did they know him at all? Did, Did, how did they, how did you introduce him? And, and say, this is my new boyfriend. He's been to prison. How, how did you do that? I, I did just that. I was like, um, my sister will probably tell a better story because I don't see myself as I'm telling the story. <laughs> but um, I remember FaceTiming my parents in, in person. My sister lives in Boston. And so, you know, we're on this phone call as a family and they were just so excited to meet Tuan. They've heard many great things about him. And I, I probably sounded like I was in love and I was just oogling over. I, I finally met a guy and my sister was shouting in the background. I knew you were going to meet someone at church. And I was just like, well, I didn't because everyone at church was dry. There was like no candidates for guys to date. <laughs> That's why I, it just felt so impossible. I was like, there's no way I would date anyone here. Like no way. And then, you know, God chooses the foolish thing of the world to confound the wise. And yes, here we are. Yes. Um, but that I told my parents, okay, so, and this is in Vietnamese, so it sounds a little bit yeah, different. Yeah, go for it. But, you know, I told him he's been in prison before, but he accepted Christ and he's a completely different person now and he is amazing. I want you to meet him. And I don't know if they really had an opinion, but I do remember the first dinner we all had together. <laughs> it was a lot of awkward silences at the table. And I'm pretty sure Tuan was nervous too when we, when we, you know, when he met my parents for yeah. the very first time. Were you Tuan? Yeah, I think it's mainly because just the language gap, you know. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not fluent in Vietnamese, so when I speak Vietnamese, it sounds horrible. <laughs> and imagine just trying to hold an intelligent conversation when you only know like five words fluently, and you're trying to connect. So I think that's what made it awkward. There was I just didn't, you know, I just didn't know how to connect in Vietnamese. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? I think shortly after that, the Lord had kind of comforted me in a dream where he showed me how my dad was so pleased and happy Mm. that you were Vietnamese, but maybe Mm. our parents had issues communicating that and they never expressed it because you know how our families don't share things, which is why we share the stories and the testimonies on behalf of our family that he was actually pleased and they're satisfied that, you know, I I get to be with somebody of the same race and be able to build this life now of somebody of the same race I don't have to interpret Vietnamese to this because most of our family is inter- all interracial. Okay. We have a huge family yeah. interracial. So it's not a big deal. Right. Like we welcome interracial marriages, right? So seeing the same race is probably rare in our family. And and it shocked me, but I'm so thankful because of it. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Have, now, uh, did you have any challenges uh, convincing your parents to... Give your blessing over Olivia. Tell them how your mom thought I was white. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, well, or, you, you know, Olivia. If I was you Hispanic actually, if, or something. If you look at Olivia, she doesn't look fully Vietnamese. Sometimes. And if you look at Tuan, he doesn't look. She gets Vietnamese Hispanic sometimes. I she, agree with that. He got on to me the first time I said something like, you know, like I just called him Asian or some kind of generic thing, and he's like, I was like, what are you? And he's like, for real, bro, for real. And the, we're texting. He's like. Dude, I'm Vietnamese. I mean, it's like so obvious. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, it's not that obvious. Yeah, a lot of people think he's Hispanic, but people say that about me too. So. Um, Juan, Juan Win. 
I, I don't think I had any issues uh, just with my parents. I think my parents uh, were, were very well pleased that I was considering dating someone of my same culture. And so, and then especially from, from church too. So I never really had any challenges there with, with my parents of uh, just, you know, is this going to be the right fit for me? Um, so yeah, it was pretty smooth. You didn't say anything like, we know she used to be a cheerleader, but she's all better now. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. No, just... you're right about that. Shoot. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were, we were both lost in the sauce in our own ways. You know, I think leading up to just us serving together I, I think here's a very important point uh for anyone that is maybe you know pursuing or maybe looking to date or maybe you you know once you come home from prison i think what was very key for us was just remaining friends in the very beginning because we were friends for about a year and a half we served together we had common interests you know we didn't meet at a club we didn't meet at the right. bar so the value system was there which was really important for me and leading up to us serving uh, together, we were hosting a John Maxwell Connect group. Uh, and that's where I kind of had that epiphany moment where, you know, you kind of lock eyes. And I remember she used to start speaking and I would just be like, oogling over. <laughs> and I, it was just one of the, it was, it was that moment. It was like, man, I think I like this girl, you know, but I never had that thought before. And, I, you know, we have this thing called 21 Days of Prayer at our church. And so a big part of 21 days of prayer is you fast for 21 days and we would meet up every Saturday for about four weeks and we would, you know, pray over these prayer cards. Right. And so I remember one day she came and she placed her prayer card at the table. And, you know, a big part of us praying for one another is to take one of these prayer cards to pray for that person. Well, I don't know if the Lord led me to it. Maybe it was my flesh. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I was just drawn to reading her card. And this was when we were still friends. So I remember picking up our card and just kind of reading it. You know, I won't go over exactly what was on it, but <laughs> I prayed over her. And that gave me a reason to text her later on in that week. And I said, hey, by the way, I prayed for you. And at that moment, I was like, oh, no, I wrote down such and such. He's reading my mail. Did you like, right, I'm uh, praying that. Uh, God shows me whether Tuan is the right guy. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that. <laughs> well, I what part of that prayer was so that God can bring in my godly spouse to me, but also it was a a broken relationship that just wasn't going to happen, and so I was just seeking healing in that. And it was just so funny that he caught. But we were we were so friends at that just, point. That he just happened to randomly pick your card. Yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and uh, you know, just a disclaimer for those those guys out there that think about using that same strategy, it, it might not work. <laughs> it, it, it could backfire on you. It could backfire. It, I just happened to strike gold praying over her. Hey, it never hurts to pray over her sister. But, hey, That's shoot, right. shoot your shot. Shoot your shot, fellas. <laughs> uh, any any uh, challenges during the engagement period, other than Tons. just the stress of? It, uh, it happened way before the engagement. Actually, it happened the first month yeah it was really hard it, it was the most difficult thing that I had ever experienced even in all of my other worldly relationships that I was in this was different and I remember asking God this is a godly relationship now Lord why is it even harder like what's going on and um I think the both of us had issues left unresolved or were as resolving um and it just it 
it was causing a lot of friction right. in the way we communicated. I would say that we put the horse before the cart um, in certain foundations yeah. of relationships, and it caused a lot of arguments and um, a lot of hurt. Yeah. But we sought counsel. We always surround ourselves with godly community, people that would pray over us. We even um, went into Symbus, which is which stands for starting saving your saving marriage. your yep. marriage Symbus before is good. it starts. I know. Yeah. That yeah. was actually where it had all started because month one was us recognizing, oh man, I think we're it for each other. Like, let's let's keep pursuing this. Let's keep asking the Lord like to reveal to us like how to navigate this. And so, you know, we just took the leap of faith and started taking Symbus and we enrolled into this eight week course where we met up with a couple that we loved and prayed over us and walked us through the foundational steps of what it's like to be married and all these different, you know, foundations that we had to have before saying yes. And um, it ended on a low note. And that's when I realized this, this is not good. <laughs> and it was, it was really difficult. And it would happen even um, in certain disagreements where, you know, he would stonewall and leave hours, even days at a time, and I wouldn't know where he's at. And that was really difficult for me because usually I'm the one that's running away and now I'm pursuing him. And so I didn't know how to handle yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but it got better through time. And it's, I think what helped us is us acknowledging it and getting better at it over time and create a mutual understanding of each other's uh, weaknesses and creating systems in place and growing from that and surrounding ourselves with community to help us build in those areas where we are weak so that we can become stronger together and like leave room for forgiveness yeah. and grace that it's yeah. it's okay that we're going through this it doesn't mean that we're god's yeah. promises are irrevocable but we need to be able to work towards this and not be afraid yeah that's you know, so good. to work at it so good yeah i think something powerful there too jay is you know we got involved in simbus probably month two of us dating because we already kind of had an idea that you know marriage was the goal and we wanted to kind of just step into just counseling and seeing what what that actually looks like and just leading up to the engagement you know conflict was inevitable like it happened at every single level of our relationship leading into the engagement leading into like the last hour of our wedding <laughs> you know you think that getting married everything's going to be all good and dandy and what you realize is there's conflict every single step yeah. of the way and you have to learn how to deal with it because it's we're so we get easily offended with each other and, and me and you have talked you know had many conversations about you know giving up your right to be right you know and those things were hard for me because when you're single, you don't have to deal with right. any of that. And so, I, you know, coming home from prison, I thought I was fully healed because I've, I've done life all by myself. And then now when you're supposed to become one flesh, it's painful. Yeah. Growth is yeah. painful uh, in just, you know, marriage alone. And I, I, here's, here's what's really helped us out is having wise counsel, Mentors that have been married 10, 20, 30 plus years that can advise us, that can pray for us, that can intercede for us. We go to a weekly newlywed class that is filled with probably about 40 young couples every single week. And the best part about it is we are not doing life alone because 
everyone in relationships has these same issues of just conflict and how to resolve it. And what and and what's crazy is that even when we're getting these help around us, we're still going through it. Like we would attend a marriage conference where you would think is the safest place. And yet here we are arguing and fighting and we can't even be in the same room, much less the same row, same seat in peace worshiping. And there's like just there's just so many attacks coming at, at that angle at that time. But we, you know, we had our spiritual parents in the room that we were able to run to and, and like guide us. But even then it was just so difficult and so hard. But we kept seeing God's hand by giving us people to help us, support us, pour into us, mentors, friends, accountability to reach out and say, hey, you're not alone. Hey, let's get help. Um, you can't do it alone because sometimes even though you are you feel like you're at the top of the building screaming at the top of your lungs saying, but you're doing this and it's wrong and I'm telling you, believe me, sometimes it takes another person, you know, for the other person to yeah. actually understand what's, what's going on. Absolutely. Let's talk about that for a minute, having mentors just in your life in general, but also uh, uh, some marriage mentors in your life as well. Mm-hmm. How important is that? It's very important. Uh, I have uh, definitely a couple of mentors that I reach out to because I think for guys, it's so hard for us to share our vulnerability and talk about problems. You know, and that's one thing that that's kind of kept me stuck in a rut is I don't like sharing. I don't like getting vulnerable. I don't like talking about my problems. For me, the answer is, I'm gonna go work. I'm gonna go work out. I'm gonna go work. I'm gonna go make money. Like I'm gonna build my business. Like these things keep me occupied, and it also gives me this like this satisfaction of, you know, this is how I'm gonna cover up the pain. But one thing I used to hate was when she would tell me, "You need help." Like that's that's the last thing a guy needs to hear is when you need help. (laughs) Like no one wants. I mean, it, it because we operate from this place of wanting love or more respect. Right. Yeah. And because we're the providers and it's, it's up to us to like try to figure out how everything is going to work out. And I remember she used to tell me that and I could not stand it. And then she would add this, you need to get counseling. Right. And I remember I used to get so mad, Jay, there was a time I'm going to bring this up. You know, I'm a leadership coach, so I coach other oh, people no. in building their business with communication and leadership. And there was one time, bro, she said something. She's like, aren't you supposed to be a coach? Don't you coach other people? Well, look at you right now. And I'm telling you, I blew up. Do you know what I said? I said, how can you counsel other people if you can't even counsel yourself? That was not the right thing I'm to sorry. say. At that I was very, you can as tell, some, I'm direct. I'm as very somebody direct. Who, as somebody who mentors uh, married couples, uh, we do try to steer away from uh, phrases like that. Well, Lesson it was, month, it was as month, tru- month one. As truthful as it might be, as truthful as it might be, there's 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 little things that our our marriage mentors taught us and some some simple phrases to make sure we don't use in arguments. Okay. You always. Right. Mm. You never. You never. You always. You, 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 yeah. you, you. We got that now. Yeah. And, and man, <laughs> it's so hard not to say those, yeah. those phrases because you want to, because those phrases, you always or you never, is bringing stuff, old stuff up and mm. bringing it back and using it for a present argument. And that's not what Christ does with us. Mm. Christ takes it because husbands love your wives the way Christ loves the church. 
Okay. Well, Christ loves the church by taking our sins and throwing them in the sea of forgetfulness. He chooses not to know our sins, our flaws, our weaknesses anymore. In fact, he takes our weaknesses and turns them into strengths. But we want to use the other person's weakness for ammunition in the battle of the next argument. And you always, you never, those are, those are, uh, and then like you said, you, you kind of, you kind of, um, pointed to his professional work and said, you, you do this, and you, but you can't even do it at home. And you know, my wife is like, I'm a handyman. So I fix everybody's houses. And she's like, when are you going to fix ours? Aww. You could do this for so-and-so, but you can't do it for us, you know? And so, you know, she, she hadn't done that one in a long time, but, um, but that, that's a whole other, like, I, I went through something, you know, like my number one ministry is, is 141 trail drive, the gums. Mm-hmm. That's my number one ministry. Forgiven felons come second to that. Yeah. And, uh, and it has to be that way because Paul said it, Paul said, it's not, it's not, it's not a sin to marry. But basically, when you do, now you are taking on your number one earthly priority, which is your spouse. That's yeah. your number one ministry. And then any kids you have after that is your number two ministry. And where a lot of marriages get it wrong is one, one spouse starts worshiping the kids more than their spouse, mm. loving the kids more than their spouse. My kids mean everything to me. Wait a minute, aren't you married? Yeah, but my kids mean, well, you know, your wife should mean everything to you. You know, yeah. uh, and because that's where your kids came from. If it wasn't for your wife, you wouldn't have the kids. And so, yeah, so that's good. I mean, uh, part of the argument that we had, I remember, is like you love work, you love what you do, but that even created a wedge between us when I wanted to spend time. And you know, he was like, he he felt like I like he had to defend his own work because his work is his passion, and I understand that. But you know, I felt like I was being put on like second option back burner um so we kind of had to work through that and there were so many like i felt like there was it was just like shooting zombies one at a time (laughs) yeah and they keep coming it was this problem we conquered it next problem oh there's more okay so there's a lot of growing pains in that and it feels like we've been together forever my gosh but we haven't and all the stuff that we're sharing it's like it happened in such a short period of time but look how much we've grown yeah yeah it's I, so true yeah because of the help that we've got i think secretly god's preparing us for like marriage ministry. stop saying that. <laughs> i don't think he's secretly doing it i think he's doing it out yeah. in the open mm, i think he good. is taking taking the weaknesses that y'all have had to work through and grow from mm. and he's going to turn it into a strength for other people to to glean from you guys i really believe that because there's no wasted weakness mm. god god works everything everything even even all the weaknesses our struggles our marital struggles everything he works it all for good to them who love god and are called according to his purpose and y'all are both that so romans eight twenty eight, yep. the day we got married august 28th yep. yep so man this is awesome uh what's what's some advice uh what's some some in your um long marriage so far <laughs> what's some advice things you've other things you've learned uh in, in being married for a month that you can help other people uh, maybe not make some mistakes in their first month. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Conflict is inevitable. It's not what you argue about. It's how you go through it. It's how you resolve the conflict. And there needs to be a lot of forgiveness, love, for love covers a multitude of sin. You can't give what you don't have. So if you don't have love, if you don't love yourself, 
you can't show that to others. If you don't know who you are, therefore you don't know who God is. So get to know God first. Therefore, he will tell you who you are. Mm, You will love yourself out of loving Christ. So therefore, you will be able to love others. So good. So good. Tuan? I would say learning how to validate each other's feelings. Uh, I think this is so good. And just having empathy. eh? You know, I remember going through a lesson between sympathy and empathy, and I thought they were the same things. But empathy is actually really coming to a place where you can seek to understand instead of trying to fix things. And so for me, like anytime maybe she shared, you know, something that was going on, you know, I didn't know I would try to either fix it or I would try to give her some advice. But really all she was looking for was empathy, which was just validating her feelings, just reassuring her that everything's going to be okay. You know, she didn't necessarily want it fixed. And I think vice versa too. A lot of times where as a man, I want to open up and just be vulnerable and just share like my weaknesses. I'm not looking for you to fix me and give me like advice I just need a place to vent. I just need you to validate my feelings. And I think for a man, that's so important for a woman just to comfort, uh, you know, their spouse and just be able to validate. And I like, you know, I, I totally understand what you're going through. I'm here for you. I support you. And just giving you a hug and just saying, I love you through the midst of this all. Yeah. I've learned that, uh, doing what you just said, but, but the hug saying it's, everything's going to be okay everything's going to be okay because no matter what no matter what we go through at romans 8 28 everything's going to be okay uh there may be tears at night but joy comes in the morning everything's going to be okay you know i mean everything is going to be okay is is the bit the best form of encouragement doesn't get it doesn't give a time frame it doesn't it doesn't say how it's going to be okay Mm. it doesn't say who is going to be a part of the, the process of making it okay but we just know because of the God we serve that everything is going to be okay. And sometimes if we can just whisper that to each other when we're given that hug. Yeah. And that's, that may be all we know that maybe we can't fix it. We can't do all this, but, but we know somehow, some way because of God, everything's going to be okay. And, um, conflict resolution, you know, when we did our premarital counseling with our, our, our friends, our pastors, he, he, he gave us five things he talked about. He talked about uh, family, finances, faith, communication, and sex. And he just went through all of them. And we ta- he talked about how all those things are going are, are, are gonna to be something you either celebrate or fight about in your marriage. And there's going to be a time where you celebrate family. And there's going to be the holidays where, you know, everybody's trying to figure out whose house you're going over. <laughs> you know, and, and, that, and that's an opportunity to still celebrate, but also, you know, you, you, there's going to be some conflict there. Um, traditions, you guys come from the same race. So your traditions are going to, some of the family traditions, cultural traditions are going to be some of the same. So you may not fight as much about that, but you know, my, my, my Jesse's family, they had traditions on Christmas Eve and Christmas day. And I'm like, no, we're going to have our own tradition. You know, we want to start our own tradition on Christmas morning. Not always go to your mom and dad's for cinnamon rolls. Let's have cinnamon rolls at our house. Yeah. Let's, mm. you know, now you're incorporating part of her tradition with our own new tradition, you know, and, 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 and that was the hardest thing for us to say, okay, it's okay to bring our traditions to the table and we don't have to say, we're only doing this or we're only doing that. 
let's see let's see where we can kind of mesh them both you know because those cinnamon rolls were a part of jessamy's upbringing was, her, she was a kid and every christmas morning those cinnamon rolls were just a part of her life and i'm like i'm not trying to say let's get rid of the cinnamon rolls let's just do it with our kids in our family and so what we did was until we had kids we just did all her normal traditions but once we had kids they were like saying just tell your family mm-hmm. that the new tradition the family tradition will have to be on delay pause whatever because we're going to have our own tradition and once we get through with our tradition then we'll come over and try to fulfill some of that old tradition and and uh but man finances communication i mean i mean y'all even said when you were when it was when you're dating the communication was uh you know yeah. but all those things you you can either celebrate the differences in them or you can fight about them and uh and and it, it's but but he said the key the key to when you're fighting is conflict resolution and he said you got to know how to resolve the conflict and i and i think i don't know if i've told you or if he told you but i've i've i know i've told Tuan, you know i didn't do conflict resolution at all i didn't even attempt it the first year of marriage we just fought all the time we fought every day i'd go to bed at 3 a.m after staying up all night and not even want to do that because that means I have to lay down beside her. Mm. And she was okay with that because she was so mad at me. She didn't want me to lay down beside her. So it was like, and then we're sitting in a, in a marriage in a marriage class. Never stop learning. Always get into marriage class. Get into marriage mentoring, whatever. And Jimmy Evans said, husbands, love your Christ. Love your love your wife the way Christ loves the church. And, and I, I'm not going to go through the whole process, but he took me through a process. And he said, next time you get in a fight, do these. Say these four things to your wife. And I didn't get it right the first time. It was very, it wasn't from here. It was from memory of just memorizing what I was supposed to do. It wasn't from here. But I remember the second time I said those words and I meant it. I didn't want, and it was just like the Holy Spirit said, you can lead her into an argument or you can lead her into love and and resolve this conflict. And so to this day, we still have disagreements. But even when we have a disagreement now, even though, even it may be a harsh one, we have, we have the tools we need to say, because we stayed in those marriage classes. And so, uh, what, what advice, what, what some other advice would you have, would y'all have for young, young, young couples? I thought of, uh, do not go to bed angry. Do not mm. let the sun go down on your anger. That was really key in our relationship, um, where we would have to stay up as late as it could, you know, just to be able to resolve whatever it was that, you know, we were going through. Um, but not to leave the other person. I mean, I respected Tuan's space if he needed space, but there was a time where it's like he would pack up his sheets and go to the other room, and I'm just like, wait, this is not right. Like TDCJ style? Like Yeah, just fold, <laughs> fold, fold the mattress and go. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, this is this is not right. We're going we're gonna to deal with this. Yeah. Like, you know, so I would just be like, hey, like, but, you know, I would approach it differently than being completely harsh and directive as I was in the beginning but understanding, you know, what he needs and how he likes to be communicated through that, through those times of what I learned in the past, I was able to, you know, approach him a little bit softer and a little yeah. bit differently. It makes a difference. The approach makes a difference. It does. And to be patient with myself through that process so that we can come to a conclusion and be able to, to hug each other and say, okay, it's, it's going to be okay. Can we go to bed now? And then... That's good. 
it's that's okay. good mm-hmm. so yeah. good I, th- I think for me is touch and talk and a lot of times we try to talk without touching and when you i always tell her like her touch does something to me when i'm angry where it just automatically calms me down um, because i shut down like really easily yeah. i get easily offended and, it, and it's hard for me because when i get offended and i get triggered i just sh- i shut down and she can tell she can tell whether we're in the car or just in person. But in that moment, I don't know how to process what I'm going through. Yeah. So therefore, when she's asking me what's wrong or let's talk about it, I don't want to talk about it because I don't know how to process it. Mm. And so that's where, like, for guys, I'm like, I just need a time out. I need mm. a time out because the more and more you want me to engage in it, I'm going to be more frustrated because as a man, I don't know why I'm feeling like this. And me trying to share my vulnerability makes me feel weak. Mm. And then I feel full of shame and I feel feel guilty. And so that's where, for me, where she can just come in and just touch me, hold my hand, just hold me. Um, it calms me down where I can, I, I, I can, I'll stop feeling tense. And then later on, we can kind of come back to having that conversation. But in that moment, I, I can't engage in anything. Mm. And that was the breakthrough leading up to even our wedding in Mexico, um, is that even in those moments when when Tuan is running away and he's shutting down because he was so used to running away his whole life and when he was uncomfortable with a topic, argument, person, place, or thing, he would shut down and he would remove himself from the situation. But God had built women, me, to be nurturer, to be a comforter. So his knee-jerk reaction is to leave, to flee the scene. But what he doesn't realize is that if he just stays planted and he stays committed in the conversation with me and not leave and not abandon, he would experience my comfort, my mm. love, and my nurture. Yeah. And when he comes to me in, in vulnerability and says, I'm having a hard time right now, I'm able to then comfort him and love him. Mm. And then it just melts this wall of pride and shame and fear that he has and then all of a sudden he's able to open up and say i'm sorry yeah and we're able to open up so that was the breakthrough that we had recently you know one of the things that that uh, as we we gotta we gotta wrap it up but um uh one of the things that i've learned is that whichever one of us attempts to 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 cool the temperature down Mm. the other one usually follows and I told my wife, I said, "Look, I'm not going to always get it right, and I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead the, to the best of my ability us out of an argument. But if if it if it doesn't look like I'm doing that, then would you lead the way? Oh, and if you and if you lead the way, I'll follow. I love that. I'm going to do my best to lead at all times, and and but there's going to be times where I'm still human." And, and I may just not be ready to give up the argument yet, but if you, if you lead and you say, you know what, honey, it's going to be okay. Now, if you lead and attempt to bring the, the temperature down, then I promise I'll follow. And so and she's done that. There's been a few times where I just couldn't, I couldn't get my temperature down, but there's something about our spouse, that female touch from our spouse, that voice, that whatever, when we're not able to do what we know we're called to do in that moment. And they just, they just lovingly, you know, just say, Hey, it's going to be okay. And then it's just like, boom, you know, and, and there's going to be times in your marriage when, when Twan, you lead, there's going to be times in marriage when you need to lead 
And, and, but that's what it's all about is, is I, I heard this teaching real quick as we close the word help and mate or help meet. I, uh, I heard it described as this, and she was a lady talking about the old Testament and the, the Hebrew words for what it meant. And it was almost like, um, the, what she talked about the Hebrew words, one of them meant, um, warrior. Okay. The other word, the other half of the word meant help, but, but in a way that you're helping in to, to carry something that the other person wasn't able to carry. And so you, we see this with the Israelites. God carried something for them that they weren't able to carry. God created Eve for Adam to carry what Adam couldn't carry by himself. You know what I mean? And so it's like, but it, but it also meant warrior. Part of it meant warrior. I, I'll have to find that and, and see what, and, and do, put it exactly for you guys. That's but it's, good. but it's incredible because it's not, they're, they're saying, they said the, 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 the notion that help me is somebody that has to be subservient and, you know, not able to, to be as part of the leader, but actually you're, you're, you, you are, you're with the leader. You're carrying not the whole load like he is, but you're carrying what he, he is unable to carry. And when you're when, when, when the a man and wife are able to do that and work out that, that way, it's incredible because one of the things was she said that the woman is able to help fight battles that the man can't fight. Mm. And so that's the, that's the actual Hebrew meaning of the help meet is to, to help carry and fight what Adam couldn't, uh. what, what Israel, God loved Israel enough to carry something they weren't able to carry on their own and to fight things that they weren't able to fight on their own. And that's what you ladies are to us. Wow. You're, you're fighting right with us. You're not below us or above us. You're fighting and you're carrying things that we can't carry by ourselves. So we're co-laborers. Yes. Wow, love it. So good, right? Hey, uh, so let's pray it out. And I'm just going to have you guys on camera, both of y'all and y'all look at your respective cameras real quick, say a quick encouraging word to everybody out there. And then one of you, I don't care which one or both pray. Um, so I would say just my encouraging word is look at your camera. Talk to your people is, uh, you might be going through a waiting season right now, especially if you're in a relationship, maybe you're just working working some things out uh, my encouragement to you is you know you got to put your faith and totally trust in god and work on yourself in this season it's so easy for us to want to change the other person but what god really wants for you is to change yourself and that's just through his through his relation through his relationship with you and so i, I would say that's my encouragement but i want to close out with a prayer you want to close this out babe well maybe she has yeah. something to say too yeah. i do um actually the Lord had shown me that there's a lot of people out there that are not feeling good enough mm. and no matter what age you're at even uh, no matter what life experiences you had or didn't have or want to have that you are more than enough God says that you are more than enough and if it's if it's a, a belief it's it's the word of God that he says that we're more than enough because of who he is, not because of who we are. So instead of averting our attention to ourselves, we need to be able to look at God and, and who he is because of his goodness, because of his kindness, that we're able to believe that He that we are enough, not because of anything that we did, but because of who he is. Yes. And to discover what the root of that lie that you believe that led you to believe you're not good enough and find the truth. Ask God 
what are you speaking to me to this particular situation? When was the first time that I had believed this lie and show me a way out so that I can live in true freedom and live to the calling and the purposes that you have for me? Amen. Amen. Tuan, you got one minute, bro. Price out. Lord, we just come to you right now, Lord, at the sound of my voice and to everyone listening on this podcast right now, Lord, I just pray for restoration for all relationships right now, Lord, if to all my single people out there, Lord, I pray for patience in the waiting process, Lord, that as you build them up in the waiting season, Lord, you'd also build up their spouse to become that perfect help meet or that perfect kingdom man. Lord, we just give this all to you right now, Lord. We trust in you, Lord. And we love you so much, Lord. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you guys for uh, coming on Background Check. We love y'all. And we're praying for y'all. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to see how the the rest of your marriage unfolds. We love you, Jaden. Thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast. Brought to you by Forgiven Felons. Helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.